My name is Gabby Guzman, and I'm here to help women become who they are so they can be free. I'm a Dominicana, a mom, an energy worker, and a coach. I help women own their power and follow their dreams rooted in their own intuitive wisdom. In this podcast, we'll be telling real stories and sharing clear step-by-step guides so you can dive deep within yourself and know and trust yourself like never before. Welcome to Living Intuition. Welcome back to Living Intuition, friends. I'm super excited for today's conversation with my friend, Julia Ford Carter. This podcast is a space to explore all the layers of choosing to live a life where we listen to, trust, and act on our intuition. And today I'm thrilled to introduce Julia. I have known Julia for years and actually worked with her as my coach a couple years ago. Um, And Julia really helped me to move through a pivotal moment in my life, and I'm sure that we'll get into it in our conversations. Julia holds really powerful space and brings a true wisdom to supporting others and moving through life with more ease. And for me, definitely a lot more self-trust is a lot of what I learned when we work together. Julia is an emotional intelligence coach, consultant, and instructor who is passionate about helping conscious leaders achieve their highest potential and create more impact, harmony, health, and wealth. She activates systemic transformation through her conscious leadership method, which is a unique approach distilled from 15 years in communications, entrepreneurship, and emotional intelligence coaching. Welcome, Ms. Julia. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful intro. Thank you so much. My yeah, we pleasure. Had, we had fun working together. Oh, yes, awesome. we did. Yes, we did. And I, I feel like it was, it really was like such a pivotal moment of my life. And I remember, and so Julia and I worked together we've been working together for like two months and change when the global pandemic hit. So that was also like a whole, like, all right, like navigating this moment and figuring it out together. So it was, it was an important time. So Julia, here's where, we're, here's where we'll begin. Every one of these conversation systems started, we've been starting with the question, what does your intuition feel like? Ooh, so. that's one of my favorites because mm-hmm. I feel like many of us, if we're not used to working with our intuition, Um, I get that question so much of like, how do I know this is really me? Or how do I know that it's like not my mind talking or whatever? Um, And so of course, you know, it's always different for everybody. But for me, when I really started to pay attention to where it hit, I started looking at where I felt it in my body. Mm -hmm. And I have my intuition comes in almost like somebody dropped like a piece of knowledge into my head. Like it just wasn't there one second and the next second it was, and I just know something. Um, So it's interesting because it's not necessarily like a quote unquote gut feeling for me. Um, It's more like a really deep knowing. And the key thing for me is that it's not emotional. Mm. There's no emotion around it, which is funny because I talk about emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Usually what I'm talking about is emotions and how emotions are telling you what you need to know. But with intuition, it is completely emotionless, at least from my, in my experience, yeah. um, because it's truth. Like I take that as truth, right? Yes. And emotions are speaking to truth as well, but it's truth through a perspective. Whereas for me, my intuition is like, no, this is just straight up what it is. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes I have such a similar experience. Um, and my intuition also feels like a knowing. Um, I feel like I... I feel like I process that knowing 
throughout my body, not just my mind, but it is a knowing and it just is like, there's no, and I I talk about this often because it's often super inconvenient. Um, It's often like makes no sense. I don't understand it. I can't rationalize it, but I also can't argue with it because it just is. Right. I tried to, it doesn't mean I don't try to argue with it, but (laughs) (laughs) it really really just is. And it's almost like this truth, like you said. And I wonder, like, what was your experience of your intuition throughout your life? Like, do you remember being intuitive as a child or maybe as a teen? Like, like, when did you start to conceptualize and understand that that's what this was? That's a really interesting question. I think I always was intuitive. I was I'm highly sensitive for sure. Always been highly sensitive. Um, my, my childhood was very chaotic and traumatic. So it really, my ability to assess situations without being told all the information was a survival mechanism for me. I had to understand how my parents were feeling without them before they even walked into the room because I had to make sure that I had to stay safe. I had to keep my brother safe. I had to uh, manage their emotion, my parents' emotions, manage my emotions. You know, it was very, I, I became the adult in the scenario, in the situation very early on in life. So it was a survival mechanism for me. And so I had to, I had to develop that skill set like ASAP. <laughs> mm. And so I don't know if I really was aware of it. I think I was so. I was, I was consumed with survival as a kid. So I I wouldn't have, that would have been my main focus. So me figuring out, Oh, okay. It's my intuition or my EQ that's helping me survive. That was, (laughs) that was not like even off my radar. Right. So, but later in life, I don't know, maybe like maybe twenties, early thirties, I started recognizing this phenomenon that was happening, which was these these nuggets of information that would pop into my head. And I'd be like, how do I know that? Like, this makes no sense. I shouldn't know this about that person. They didn't tell me this. They will never tell me this. <laughs> like, they probably don't even know this about themselves. Uh, but I would know stuff about them. And then I would know stuff about, you know, I would get information about what I should do as well, right? Because my intuition informs me. Our intuition informs us about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was then and that I mean that was really I was listening to your story about how you kind of were finding your purpose and your spiritual yeah. awakening and stuff and I was I want to say it was like maybe 10 years ago so I'm 38 now so I, w- I would have been about 28 then when I really was like trying to figure out like who I was and what I wanted to do and all of that and so really diving into kind of this side of life and like figuring out how to use intuitive information to guide myself in life. So I would say that was when I really started to pay attention to these cues and what they meant. Um, but it's been, it's been, a for me personally, it's been a, it was hard. It was a struggle because my specific conditioning growing up as a kid told me never to listen to myself, mm. told me that I was wrong all the time. I mean, my parents would, you know, straight up tell me that like indirectly, indirectly, I was being told that I was wrong, that I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, because the knowledge that I had about specifically about my family, but you know, in life, I figured out the knowledge that I was given intuitively or what I could 
ascertain from a, from a scenario was sacred. It was um, hidden. It was sometimes somebody's secrets. It was, you know, what my parents didn't want me to know. Um, and so they, you know, they probably weren't too happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so what do you think happened? Like, what was it that like around 28, like shifted things aside from Saturn returns? I was just going to say probably (laughs) just that. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to remember where I was because I've moved around so much, physically moved around so much in my life. I'm trying to remember where I was at that time. Um, I think I would, I think I was in Miami by then. Yeah. I think I was in Miami. Um, Miami was a tough place for me because it was a decision that I made. I moved across the country within, I moved from California to Florida within two weeks. I did not know anybody when I moved to Miami. And this was before Miami was what it is now Mm -hmm. where like tons of people are moving there and things are happening. Like, and I had to navigate this place completely foreign and completely alone. And I think there was something about Miami that was forcing me to like, like look at my authenticity and look at, you know, what do you really want out of life? Like, who are you really? And it was just the beginning. Cause I'm still asking myself that question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still asking myself that question, but I don't think it was any like real pivotal moment. I think that happened a little bit later in 2018 where I was like, just really fed up with life with my life and how my, I think I was like, I turned 35 and I, and I was like, wow, there is nothing in my life that I'm proud of. Mm. Like there's nothing that I would consider an accomplishment. And other people would look at what I've done and they would say, of course you've accomplished a lot. And I'm like, no, not for me. Like it doesn't count. So that was really like, that is when I started diving into my shadow work and really looking at okay, why do I feel this way? If I have lived for 35 years and I feel like I haven't accomplished anything, that means that I've been out of alignment for probably this entire time. And I need to figure out what getting in alignment means. But before I do that, I have to, I have to look at why I'm even out of alignment, mm-hmm. which is where the shadow work came into play. Yeah. So that was some like, that was where like the deep, deep healing <laughs> came oh, into play. I agree. I had a very similar experience. I feel like I started my, I, I like started my shadow work in 2016 and I just like heard the right person talk about it and it finally landed. And I think I was ready for it. And I, and I literally credit it with the, the true beginning of the spiritual and awakening and the consciousness, because it is just, it was so empowering to to realize that I was behind my own bullshit right like I chose to look at it as as empowering like there's certainly a moment where this is you're presented with this idea that maybe you are the thing right (laughs) getting in your own way and and of course you have your ego freaks out and it's like hell no it's all of these other people outside. It's all of these other reasons, all of these other people, circumstances, like look at all this long list of things to blame that I'm giving you. Like, hi, like why not go there? But for me, it was the moment where I recognized that actually looking inward and recognizing the things that I, that were like super embarrassing to accept that were like not nice and didn't make me feel good was actually the beginning of the truth and of my liberation. And to me is like, that shadow work is a pivotal piece of living intuitively because 
when you decide to live a life rooted in your intuition, you can't lie to yourself anymore. It's a lot harder, right? And so like- It's a lot harder, yeah. It's a lot harder. You're going to be in this constant, like deep struggle with yourself if you're lying to yourself. And so you might as well like accept all of it. And I'm curious, like, like for me, one of the first things that I recognized through my shadow work that was like, oh shit. All right. I got to understand this was that there was a part of me that actually enjoyed um, arguing with my ex-husband, mm-hmm. the oh, father yeah. of my child. Like that there was a part of me that like got a kick out of that dynamic and of that relationship not being great because it was familiar, because I could be the hero and I could make him out to be the villain because of all these things, right? And so like, that was oh, awful. That was like five years after our divorce. Like, I was awful to to have to accept about myself but also the rec even just the acknowledgement of that without taking another step immediately shifted our relationship into much more like civility and like humanity so like do you have moments where you're like (laughs) yeah for like ever um Yeah, I love I love that I love the word liberation. So I'm so glad you used it. I what I always say about this moment and and taking responsibility for your own life is that yeah, there's going to be a hot second where you're just like, "Oh, that really sucks that I'm the one that's in my own way." But then right after that, right on the other side is like, "Yeah, but if you're the one that ha- if you're the one in your own way, guess what? You are also the one that gets to change that. Nobody yeah. else has any control over that. That's all you." So like that's the power. Like that's the liberating part of it is like, you get to decide now putting that into action, of course, takes time and work and dedication and all that. That's the hard stuff. doesn't have to be, but that's usually the challenging stuff. Um, but it's, it's up to you. So it's all, you know, it's all within your control and your, well, command, let's say command. I don't like the word control. It's all within your command and your power. Um, yeah, I, (laughs) there are so many layers. So like, you know, like this, this type of work, they, they say it happens in spirals. So you can meet the same wound or the same limited belief multiple times, just at different layers. Um, so that's always happening, but yeah, I think like, cause I, I think the part that you can get easily stuck on and where I would like to wallow every once in a while Mm -hmm. is like the disappointment in myself. Like, Mm. because speaking of intuition, once you decide to do shadow work, usually what you'll find is that this is not new information. Some of it is. So you'll have those breakthrough moments where it's like, oh my, like what you said, where you're just like, wow, I enjoy this unhealthy dynamic. I am getting satisfaction or significance or feelings of love or importance or whatever through this unhealthy dynamic. Um, which a lot of us do, by the way, we can either get it through unhealthy dynamics or healthy dynamics. And the work is to shift into figuring out how to get significance, love, connection, all the things we need from healthy dynamics. Um, But yeah, the, the thing that I always had to be careful about was not to get stuck in the shame or the disappointment that I had allowed this to go on for so long. Mm hmm. Oof. Yes, I <laughs> right? felt that. Yeah, and that I cuz it was if if it was up to me at 35 to change it that that means that it was up to me at 25 that I could have changed it. I could have changed it at 15. Um, you know, and so on. And so I felt, you know, I I had all those moments of like, wow, I've wasted wasted so much time. Yeah. Um 
I can't believe that I'm still here with these same issues or these same roadblocks that I'm running up against. Um, and so I, had to, I just had to be very careful to forgive myself. I had to, I had to be very cognizant and conscious of forgiving myself and forgiving myself over and over and over. <laughs> like, and that was that actually that part when I got to the self-forgiveness, um, that was the most painful. That was absolutely the most painful because like you said, you can blame everybody, you know, and their guinea pig about why you're not doing what you want to do, but it's not really about that. Like the, the thing that I would get most angry about if I, if I was angry or sad or upset about was me, mm-hmm. like how I had treated myself, what I had allowed, what I had tolerated, what I had done. How come I didn't sever this relationship sooner? How come I didn't feel, you know, get some like positive self-talk going sooner? How come I didn't seek out support sooner? How come I didn't ignore these people sooner? Like, I mean, you know, on and on and on. Um, And so, and even when you forgive the other person, because that was usually my first step is to forgive the other person first and then forgive yourself. It was still easier to forgive the other person. Yeah. And then by the time I had to forgive myself, it was like, oh shit. Cause like, this is, this is really, this is where you have to let it go. You have to let go of that identity, similar mm-hmm. to what you were talking about of like that familiarity, that part of you that was safe, even though she was unhappy, even though she was not aligned, even though she wasn't her true self, she was safe in some way. Cause it was, I call it a survival identity that you created out of trauma response or survival mechanisms or conditioning or programming. It's the identity that we created in order to feel accepted early on in life. Usually it's not our, our authentic self-expression, yeah. um, but it's safe. And so when you forgive, when you start forgiving yourself, that's admitting to yourself that you are also letting go of that old identity and letting go of a part of you that you've carried for a very long time. Um, and there's, there's a emotional attachment to that part of you. There's an emotional mm-hmm. attachment to that identity. Um, so that, that was sad. You know, that was like the tear. Those were the, when the tears started happening. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so glad we're talking about forgiveness because I have a memory, a very distinct memory of when we first started our work together, you, us like getting into self-forgiveness. And I remember that you encouraged me to do the Honopono, Hono, is it Honopono? I forget how many Honopono, yeah. Can you, can, like, I forget, can you, so I don't butcher this right now. Can you remind us what it is? (laughs) Like what it, yes, it's my, it's, so it's my, one of my favorite practices. It's a Hawaiian prayer of forgiveness and it's ho o pono pono. I always used to say it wrong, so it's you know it's hard to h o apostrophe o p o o p o. I believe o o pono o p o n o o p o. Google will recognize it. Yeah, if it, right. Mis- if somebody it, wants so. to Google it, that's why I was trying to help. If somebody wants to Google, um, but basically the the prayer goes, um, "I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I love you." Mm-hmm. And the practice is that you say this mantra or say this forgiveness prayer over and over and over. Usually what, what the way I do it is I imagine whoever it is I'm forgiving and speaking to them in my mind's eye. 
Um, and then, but then what you, where it gets really fun and or tricky is if you want to do it with yourself and then yeah. you imagine that version of yourself, whether she's a younger version of you, a version of you in a moment, uh, you know, that you are trying to move past or forgive yourself for in, in, envision that version of you in your mind's eye. And you say this to yourself, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Um, yeah. and the trick is to say it enough times until that moment where the energy shifts mm-hmm. between you and the other person or you or the other, the version of yourself. Um, and some wild stuff will happen. It's all yes. I yes. I remember exactly the wild stuff that happened in my case because I I definitely there was so much room for self-forgiveness. And I don't think until that moment I had allowed myself the space to do that work. And like to be able to walk forward, because I I had a very similar experience in you that the moment I realized all these things about myself, it, I immediately started beating myself up about well, why didn't I figure this out sooner? And why am I here now? And to be able to bring forgiveness to the part of me that felt that, to the to be able to bring forgiveness to like my whole self for not knowing sooner and also sit in the gratitude and the love of knowing now, right? right. And, and that just like opened this beautiful portal where I remember I had this vision of like, I remember at the time, like I was like in the middle of us, like running a startup and I was like really stressed out. And I had this vision of having this like beautiful sort of older neighbor who was like my, my, she was my, my patron. Like she wanted to like sponsor everything I did and everything I created. And I remember I drew her, her name was Ingrid. And like, I laminated her and we would joke around because we would like bring Ingrid to our work meetings. Like if I had meetings with like my business partner, like Ingrid would be sitting in the other chair with like a cup of coffee, like that this like self-forgiveness work opened up this whole portal of like, symbols and like a true knowing that I was supported that I you know was abundant then like it just shifted a lot for me so I have very fond memories of that time I love it and I remember Ingrid I loved Ingrid awesome and so I feel like one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you for many reasons but one of them was like this idea that like even the moment that you say to someone, all right, like, what if you trust your intuition? I find that the next experience is fear. It's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, what are you asking of me? I can't do that. And almost like this terror of if I trusted my intuition, I would, and then it's like fill in the blank doom right? Like I would blow my life up. I would disappoint everyone. I would become a version of myself that I don't know who that is. And that terrifies me and so on and so on and so on. Right. And so like, I feel like the process of committing to intuitive living and understanding our emotions are like, can't happen in isolation of one another. Like they are one in the same. It's almost like when you embrace intuition you are embracing embracing the fullness of your humanity and emotions are a key part of that. And so like from your perspective, like how does that like, um, like tangling and untangling of like emotions, like, like managing your emotions and understanding your emotions. And I feel like this might be a good time to like even define emotional intelligence in the context of choosing to trust yourself. Yeah. 
So what I always say about really what emotional intelligence is, is your emotions are data and they are, they're data that are trying to tell you more about what's aligned for you, what's supported, supportive of you and what direction you should be heading in if you want to live an aligned, authentic life. That's a huge if. Not everybody does. So if you are making this choice, then your emotions can let you know, hey, this person, place, thing, experience is making you feel anxious, sad, depressed, upset, angry, fearful, whatever, because there's a component of it that's not authentically you're you're either not allowed to express yourself authentically it's not supportive of your authentic self meaning there's a conflict between who you are and who you have to be in order to stay in this environment in this relationship with this person in this friendship in this person place or thing right and then alternatively it's helping you with the positive side of things um, with the loving emotions, the emotions that say, Hey, this person placed their thing environment is actually supportive of your true self. That's why you feel inner peace or calm or safe yeah. or unconditional love. Um, and so they're really just data points. And I think we've, we've gotten so afraid of our emotions. We have gotten so intellectual, so cognitive as you know people and how we operate in this world um that and you know we we get bombarded from day one with why we shouldn't listen to our emotions or why our emotions are like untamable wild things that (laughs) that lead us off stray or make us make bad decisions and i'm like yeah they do they will make you lead to bad or um, misaligned decisions if you don't understand what they're trying to tell you, not because they're out of control, not because you, you know, you don't know how to control them or you don't know uh, how to push them down or ignore them, not because of that, but because you're actually not listening. So that's really like, so when you, you know, when you strip emotions down and they're really just data points, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go up? Do I go down? Do I go forward? Do I go back? Yes, no, maybe, you know, everything in between. So when you and again intuition emotions are two very different things mm-hmm. the intu- like you said you're you're dead on in how this works your intuition will drop a piece of knowledge wherever you feel it right your intuition will deliver this knowledge and usually it happens when your intuition speaks it happens at the very beginning of something Mm-hmm. So like as soon as you start texting that new romantic interest or start talking to them maybe even on the first date usually it can even happen before the first date but immediately within that relationship your intuition is already telling you is this person safe are they uh supportive of your aligned authentic self is this something that you should move forward with or not um the job interview the first job interview that you have you're going to get into intuitive hits about whether this opportunity is right for you um where you want to move next what you want to do what you know what your purpose is all that stuff so but it happens at the very beginning now once that happens the emotions take over yes. <laughs> 
the emotions take over next. And then if you're not, if you, if you haven't trained yourself to hear what your emotions are telling you, if you're not familiar with how emotions feel in your body, what will happen immediately after your emotions come up is your mind will start to interpret those emotions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, what we think is our emotions is actually our mind interpreting the emotional experience that we've had in reaction to our intuition. So it's kind of, you can think about if it's hard for you to think about all of this happening inside yourself, my advice is always to externalize the experience. So think about your intuition as like your wisest, most trusted best friend or like, you know, someone in your circle who always has the best advice. So imagine if they had come to you with this information of like, with this intuitive information, whatever your intuition tells you, imagine that this like wisest, amazing friend comes to you and tells you this. Then you have your emotional reaction to what they said. Yeah. And then you're going to start to think about it. You're going to either start to worry about it, uh, start to imagine what it would be like. Your mind starts to paint like a visual of if you were to say yes to this, what it would be like. If you were to say no to this, if you were to take action, like you said, in alignment with that intuitive information, what would happen in your life? Your mind starts to unravel a whole story. And it is just a story. Yes. Huge, huge, important point. It is just a story. Um, and then, so then usually we are operating from whatever our mind is telling us. And we've actually totally forgotten the emotional response, and we've forgotten the intuitive information. Mm-hmm. So fast forward however many hours, days, months, years later, and you're still trying to make the same decision. Maybe it, let's use romance because that's always a real universal easy one. Let's say that you ignore the intuitive hits about this person. They're not aligned. They're not supportive. And now you're in a relationship with them two years later. And the same, pro- the same red flags that came up when your intuition told you at the very beginning are now huge, huge, huge problems in your relationship. Yeah. But now you're involved. You know, Now you've committed. Maybe you live together. Maybe there's financial sharing that's happening. Maybe you know your families are really good friends and you don't want to disappoint them. Whatever the situation now you're involved and you're and you are having a really hard time with how do i make a decision that's aligned with me how do i i don't know what to do i i hear this all the time i don't know i don't know i don't know mm. i don't believe in the i don't know yeah. <laughs> there's no such thing as i don't know there's no such thing that is your that means that you already have the answer but you don't like the answer or you're not and ready to accept it. You're not ready to take action on it. You're right. You're not ready to do something about it. Um, and so your ego is just telling you, oh, you don't know. You don't know what to do. This is, you know, you're still undecided. You don't know what the decision is because then you don't have to take action on anything if you tell yourself that. Yeah. But really the answer. So for situations like that, what I always end up advising people is go back to the very beginning. When you met this person, when you got this job the very moment that this opportunity presented itself in your life, what was the answer? What did you know intuitively? What did you hear? What did you feel? Uh, And that's your answer. Because you want to catch it before all these other bodily systems kick into play. Um, And then your mind takes over. (laughs) Yeah. Which it always does. And and I think that it's so... um it's such a beautiful way to contextualize it because it makes it very clear that like, as we were saying at the beginning, 
Your intuition just is. It drops its wisdom, its truth. It just, boom, it is. And then like our experiences, our conditioning, our like background, our trauma, maybe our ancestors' trauma, our societal pressures, all of that stuff comes in that results in an emotion that then our mind tries to make up a story about. And I find that one of the things that has been most helpful to me in just like navigating these waters is, and this is something that we talked about constantly, is like just the power of the awareness of this. Because even before you do anything about it, to start to recognize, like to me, one of the most powerful moments in my own transformation was the moment I went from judging these emotions to being like, look at that. Look at me. I just want to point out, look at how I just reacted to this thing. That's interesting. <laughs> like, like when I decided right. to look at my shit with curiosity instead of judgment. Like the other day, right. I, I had this experience where I was, I find that a lot of my, and it also helps to start to know yourself because like you just keep repeating similar patterns, right? Like I had a situation with a friend where um, she made last minute plans and then I got really mad and told her about like how I was like, you know, I would appreciate a little more notice. Like, da -da 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 -da. and I'm like, wait a minute. Like I took a step back and I'm like, why am I this angry? Like, yes, I right. like to plan my life out, but I just got real angry about last minute plans. Like, that's interesting. Let me take a look <laughs> at that. Look at my controlling ways coming up. And so like just the power of that awareness, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's really about, because the processes happen so quickly yeah. and a lot of them are unconscious or subconscious yeah. processes. And so what I, you know, one thing that I always say about emotional intelligence is that's the, the first component of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. Yes. And so what that process is really about is bringing what is subconscious to our conscious awareness so that you can interrupt any patterns or any processes that are actually working against you. They are detrimental to you living in an alignment or living in the way that you want to live. Um, and so, yeah, it's like catching. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing now is like a row of dominoes that have just been toppled over. Like you hit mm -hmm. the, you hit the, like your intuition is the person's finger who's hitting that first domino. And then everything else just happens so fast. And so what this work is really about is like putting your hand in front of one of the dominoes to stop the chain reaction and, and looking at the emotions that just got toppled over or that came up or that just got triggered really is what we're talking about. And once you can understand why you're having this emotional reaction, you get to change how your mind interprets them. Because again, emotions are just data. Your mind is trying to interpret data. Your mind is literally trying to figure out, am I in danger right now or am I not in danger? Is this a threat to my existence or is it not? Unfortunately, our mind is not very good at figuring out what's, what's a real threat and what isn't because we have all these uh, stimulation stimuli now in our life <laughs> that can make us feel certain ways and make us feel threatened and make us feel unsafe. Yeah. So it's really about understanding why am I having this emotional reaction to this intuitive information? Is it because if I were to take action in accordance with my intuition, would I feel unsafe? 
Would I feel unloved? Would I feel, um, do I feel like I'm not enough to say yes to this or to do what's in alignment with what my intuition is doing or asking of me or telling me? Um, and all the, all those things. So it's really, you know, like you said, getting curious about what your emotions are telling you um, and really stripping it down to how does this make me feel? Yeah. Because there's, there's kind of different levels of emotions. And the first level of emotion that's going to come up first is going to be what I call a surface emotion. And that's going to be that like almost egoic uh, like split reaction of like, def- either you're trying to defend yourself, you're trying to justify something, you're trying to immediately make yourself feel better. So it can be anger, it can be um, frustration, it can be um, kind of giving up, like, uh, like surrender, but not in the not in the way that we usually hear about surrender, surrender, and of yeah. like, just throwing your hands up and like, I give up, I, I'm not trying to do this, I'm not trying anymore. Um, And what you want to do is you want to dive deeper into what is the core emotion that's like however many layers underneath that surface emotion. So why, why are you feeling angry? Ask yourself, how does this really make me feel? And you're going to, if you answer that out loud, you're going to probably talk about that surface emotion first, anger, frustrated. I feel like, um, you know, in the case of the last minute plans cancellation, I feel like she doesn't respect me. Or respect my time. Okay. Well then how does that make you feel? If you if you feel like someone's not respecting your time, how does that make you feel? Well, that doesn't make me feel like she cares about me. She doesn't value me. She doesn't maybe she doesn't love me. Right? And then that then once you get into that, like that's really the core the core emotions are always some usually along the lines of I don't feel loved. I don't feel valued. Um I don't feel good enough. Mm-hmm. Those are usually like some universal ones that we all are walking around with, like at the core. So once you've hit something like that, you know, you're like, okay, that's, that's the wound. That's the programming that I'm carrying around. Um, And you'll, if you start doing this, if you start asking yourself these questions, every time you get triggered um, or every time you have an emotional reaction to intuitive information, you'll probably find that there's one or two that keep coming, one or two core wounds that keep coming up in over and over and over, no matter what the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think that that, that is so important that like foundational self-awareness and one of the tools that Julia has that I have found incredibly helpful is actually a worksheet that is on like her Instagram. You could just grab it. The five emotional needs, I cannot tell you how much that changed my life. Like, and it's really like, I'm sure she will do like more justice to describing exactly what it is. But for me, it was like understanding like, all right, so this is how I need to feel. Like, this is how I need to feel to be okay. This is how I want to feel. And like being able to identify this, like, oh, I want to feel secure. I want to feel free. I want to feel this. I want to feel that. And not only, and then like, okay, knowing that these are the ways that I want to feel, I now will go out into the world or like go on with my life, like seeking experiences and opportunities that place me in that like optimal place of like how I know I want to feel to be okay and to be good and to be thriving. And this has been like not only an incredible tool in my own life, but when I was running a startup and had a team 
that was an exercise that we brought to the whole team and made me a much better manager and leader to know how the people that worked for me needed to feel because it was often like very different from the ways I needed to feel like for, for, to give you an example, like I had people on my team who several people on my team who needed to feel seen and heard, mm. which are things that like, I am like, for me, I'm like, it's a given, like, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need to be receiving constant feedback and verbal and intentional appreciation, but it was also important for me to know that they did need that. Right. And to have a team that was running and functioning and like flowing, that that would be something that I would incorporate into my interactions with them as their boss. And so like, I'd love to hear from you about this like amazing tool because I adore it. And I like oh. revisit it at least a couple times a year. Awesome. That's what I recommend. So yes. yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it's working so well for you. Um, yeah, so it's top five emotional needs. Uh, these become your, I kind of call them your bumper lanes in life, right? So if we're talking about living a life that is authentic and aligned, we're, we're basically the bowling ball trying to roll down the middle of the lane to hit all the pins, hit all our goals, mm -hmm. become the person we want to be, you know, live up to our potential, all that. So our top five emotional needs are the, the bumpers in the bump the, of the bumper lane, right? And bowling keeping us from falling into the ditch yes. <laughs> pretty That's much a great way of looking at it right so because for most of us for 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 a long time right and let, until you start to kind of open up to this work or, or or really delve into emotional intelligence and intuitive living um a lot of times we again are very unaware of the emotions that are driving our decisions our actions our behaviors our, our communication and even our goals. So a lot of the time we're really letting the tail wag the dog. And mm -hmm. so what I, when you figure out what you really need emotionally, what you're discovering is why you do what you do. Now, yeah. you can when you when you do this exercise and you f figure out your top 5 needs, they are the needs that you would like to have in the future, let's say you apply, you can apply it to any area of life. So maybe it can be a romantic relationship, your career, your business, how you want to speak or interact with your family, however you want to apply it, your finances, even um, fitness, health, everything. So this they're they're letting you know what you want in the future when you are when you want to create this area of life that is aligned with you. But they're also letting you know a couple of other things. One, that you don't really feel these things necessarily day to day. And so that's where you can start immediately is to start figuring out how you can create those feelings every single day, every single moment in the smallest ways, right? Yeah. But they're also letting you know that there might be ways that you are trying to get those needs met in unhealthy dynamics currently. So, um, but, it, but really what's like so illuminating about them is that they, they really are kind of like your yardstick. So what you do once you have these needs in front of you is then you can start doing sort of a life audit where yes. you are looking at every area of your life and you're, you're like, am I getting these needs met in my relationship, in my, you know, friendships, in my, with my team, um, with the way that I eat, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and treat myself and treat my body and, you know, in my physical environment. Um, and if not, 
what can I do? What actions can I take? What changes or shifts can I make in order to start to create these feelings and get these needs met in these areas? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just snaps into focus, like where you are aligned, where you're not aligned, um, and where there's just like opportunities for growth. Now, I will say, <laughs> very similar to getting that intu- intuition, that intuitive information, you're going to do this exercise. If you do this exercise and you do the life audit, you realize that there are areas of your life where you are out of alignment. That, that can be in an uncomfortable moment because the information is right in front of you now. You can't ignore it anymore. So, <laughs> and it's almost, you know, it's probably as empirical as emotional data can get, right? Because you can put, I have people rank on a scale of one to 10, like where they fall, uh, yeah. where in terms of how well they're getting their needs met um, in certain areas of life. So you're, you're going to have like a graph basically of your life. Um, and there's, it's, it's a data set. It's just, and it's right there. And it's really hard to argue with data. So, <laughs> yes. so you know, you, you have to have that moment of, okay, well, here's, here's what's out of alignment. And am I ready, willing, and able to do what I need to do in order to change that? Yeah. And, and I, I found that um, something that I apply to myself quite often, and um, I always will talk to clients about is the, that in those moments, you can decide the decision is made even if you're not quite ready to take the action but like there's those moments when the truth downloads and you're like all right I don't know what this looks like I don't know what it is that I'm going to do about it but I can decide that like the decision has now been made that I will move in this direction right and I don't have to do anything other than make this decision in this particular moment and it just makes things a little bit easier to just sort of like sit with and marinate before like you can trust that you're going to be guided and figuring out the next right step and the next right step and the next right step after that. Yes. I love that. Yeah. There's no timeline for any of this. Like that's a huge thing. You know, I, uh, I always say like, it's going to take you as long as it takes you to go to learn this, to learn more about yourself, to learn how to listen to your intuition, what that feels like. Cause it's really not, it's less about learning how to listen to your intuition and more about understanding that it's safe for you to do so. Yes. 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 That you that's can trust yourself. Yeah, exactly. That you can trust yourself. Like that's the key. Yeah. Um, and that, that part's the, the challenging part because yeah. for most of us, for most of our lives, we were told that it was not safe. So yeah. Yeah. We're, we're unlearning a lot. Yes. And one of the things that I um, always loved about our work together is that, I mean, as as much as it was like very clearly sometimes about straight up business strategy, a lot of the things that were at the root that were either holding me back or things I just got to move through around showing up the way I wanted to show up for my business were like at the root, very personal things about me, the human that you were always so great at helping me contextualize that applied far beyond my business. Right. And at the time I was single and like trying to attract partners um, who were aligned with me and what I wanted. And there was this whole like process of alignment that, and like learning to trust myself that would apply everywhere. And I'm curious if you can share with us examples from your own personal life in which um, like you've been trusting your intuition and trusting yourself and where that might have led. Yes. So that's, I, I love that you're illustrating that because, um, 
what we see so often, what I see so often is people will come to me through one area of their life for one specific channel. And a lot of what every time, I'll just say it, every time I'm working with somebody, we end up transforming multiple areas of life because emotions are, you know, they're, they're a frequency. They are an energy that you carry with you. So it's impossible. I'll say, I think impossible to compartmentalize them because Mm -hmm. again, they are happening on a subconscious and even unconscious level. Um, and so there are, if you're not aware of that and you're not bringing that to the surface and then making decisions or behavior changes or shifting, um, in accordance with that, they are going to be a common denominator in everything that you do and will inform subconsciously or unconsciously inform your behaviors and actions and, and kind of what you seek out in all areas of life. So that's the fun part is starting to see the patterns in different areas. Fun. I'll say fun. I think it's fun. It can be <laughs> very disruptive in your life when, when totally. you first get started. Um, but then, you know, then it gets easier and then you're just like, Oh, I know what that pattern is. Okay. Time to shift it there. Um, but yeah, so I think one probably very easy example, uh, for personal example for me that will probably resonate with some people is finances, right? So, um, because your financial life is also very, um, very indicative of kind of where you are with yourself emotionally and what stories you're telling yourself and kind of why you're making decisions, financial decisions. Um, and it, it's all connected. So, um, I have part of like what I mentioned earlier is that I have really been trying to figure out what I, you know, what does purposeful work look like or purpose? I don't, it's funny. I don't even like to use the word career anymore. And I have a mm-hmm. hard time saying work. Um, it's much more about self-expression. So like, mm-hmm. how am I, how do I want to self-express in this career work area of my life? Um, because I've started to get in, I've over the past few years, I've gotten an alignment in my personal side of life. And so now I understand that the emotions that I'm carrying are different. They're healed. They are, you know, I'm expressing different emotions now. Uh, my, my top five needs are different now because I've satisfied the old ones that I didn't have at first. And so now I have a new set. And so I know that what's going to happen next is this, it's going to roll out into my career, my work. And so what I've really been doing, similar to how I, uh, had to do some shadow work on the personal side is really stripping away. Okay. What part of my work thus far has been a trauma response? What part of how I've self-expressed in career has been a trauma response? Um, And what is actually me? And so what I had to do, like really when I, when this like busted wide open for me in my career was when I took the ego out of it. Yeah. And it was very hard for me because I didn't even know that, you know, my, my trauma response was so integrated with everything that I did. Um, that I didn't even know to ask myself the question, is this a trauma response or is this really me until maybe like a couple of years ago? I didn't even know. I didn't even know to, I didn't have the awareness around it to even ask myself that question. So now I do. <laughs> and so, um, it is, it, I, what I had to do was like, okay, let's take the ego out of it so that I can give myself space 
to explore who I am without the trauma response in my business. I knew who I was as a person without the trauma response, but I didn't know what that looked like as self-expression through career business work. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. A hundred percent. And so I took the ego out of it and I was like, let me just say, it sounds like very cliche, but I started saying yes to what was coming my way rather than saying no to stuff because I didn't feel like it was good enough or it didn't pay me enough or it wasn't a hundred percent exactly like what I wanted to do or what my purpose was, or it didn't light me up a thousand percent or it didn't make me want to dance across the living room or like whatever we're told is an indicator of like the thing, right? Because again, I understood that I was working through so many layers of trauma response that I may not have actually had like such a strong grasp on what does light me up. Yeah. Cause I can get very lit up. I can get very excited through other people's reactions and through other people's energies. And I can get very excited with obviously helping other people step into their potential and do their thing. And so really what the focus has been for me is like, okay, so what if there was nobody else? And what if it was just you and it was time for you to activate your own potential? And really, like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And so that's been, you know, a lot of um, unlearning and relearning. <laughs> and where and, are you with that? I'm, like, very curious. Yeah, so, well, so it's, like, it's so funny because when I took the ego out of it and I was just kind of saying yes to things, I started doing stuff that I, or, you know, I started doing some work that I had, like, kind of annexed from my life mm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it wasn't even anything like, oh, I picked up painting or I started dancing again, or, you know, it wasn't any, it wasn't even anything like that. It was stuff that I'm trained to do. It was marketing work. It was, you know, my degrees in communications. It was what I used to do for bread and butter. And I was like, okay, let me just say yes to this. It may not be a hundred percent what I envision is like that, like perfect movie role or movie story of my life. Um, but let me say yes to that. And what has happened is that through these smaller projects and through these kind of smaller opportunities, not even smaller, but just through these opportunities, I have led myself to work that is really exciting mm -hmm. that I would have never in a million years been able to figure out on my own. <laughs> yeah. I have led myself to clients who are just absolutely beautiful, beautifully aligned partners for me. And they feel completely different than, you know, people that I used to work with before in this, when I was working in this capacity before, mm -hmm. totally different dynamic. Um, and I'm making more money and working fewer hours than I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's like something so beautiful about that. Like you're the intuitive wisdom to say yes and, and like one of my favorite like prayers or like intentions is I'm willing to see things differently. Mm, yeah. Because I feel like for me, that's a really powerful one because I gotta be careful when I say it, cause I gotta be ready for what's coming because it does like <laughs> unlock all of a sudden things that I thought were true are no longer not so true, but it also like opens up a world of wonder and like beauty that I normally wouldn't have been open to 
And so right. like the sitting and loving and, and living with that. And so Julia, this has been so amazing. As we close out, why don't you share a little bit with us about how people can find you, how people can work with you? Sure, absolutely. So the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. I'm at just JFC. So that's J-U-S-T-J-F-C. Um, and yeah, you'll see everything on there. You can download the free five, uh, you discover your top five needs worksheet from my Instagram. You can book a free call if you want to chat with me and figure out how to activate your potential and kind of scale up. <laughs> uh, yeah. And anything else that you might want to know about me is probably on that Instagram page. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited. We had a chance to do this, my friend. This was amazing. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you so right. much. Bye. Bye.